We've got a nice bonus episode for you today to highlight the Zag and Holiday Trip Giveaway. You can head over right now to wetflyswing.com slash giveaway to enter to win a local guided fly fishing trip, a $100 gift certificate from Zag, and some other goodies right now. That's wetflyswing.com slash giveaway. The giveaway ends uh, tonight at 11.45 uh, p.m. And, uh, and we'll be drawing the winner tomorrow live on Facebook. That's wetflyswing.com slash giveaway. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Today's episode is sponsored by Zag.Fish, who creates ethically sourced premium fly tying materials with their 5D brushes. These are the Fairflies brushes that we've talked about before. Zag.Fish is the place you can go to pick up Fairflies products and the other stuff they have going on in the fly tying uh, niche. 5D brushes contain the perfect portions to tie great streamer, bass flies, saltwater flies, and we're going to be using some of these flies even more as we do some of these saltwater trips. You can check out uh, zag.fish right now by heading over to wetflyswing.com slash zag. That's Z-A-G. Today, Jeff Coffey, chief scientist at zag.fish, shares the update of what they have going with their unique non-toxic and environmentally friendly materials. We find out about some of the downside of the current natural materials market and what they have going to be uh, that's going to be changing the game a little bit here in the fly tying space. We talk about some of the chemical processing that's involved in uh, current natural materials and some of the stuff and what, what's got Jeff fired up about changing the game. Jeff also talks about where they are going in the future in uh, fly and conventional uh, uh, products and the brand new fly tying vice they have that they're pretty close to launch. Pretty interesting. Um, this, this vice is a unique uh, spin on what's been going on here uh, of late and and actually is something that I think we've been talking a little bit about it in the past and you're going to get a kick out of it today. So here we go, Jeff Coffey right now from Zag.Fish. How's it going, Jeff? Good, Dave. How you doing, man? Good. Good to have you back on. We've, uh, I was just looking. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays to you. We're, we're turning, we're getting close. Uh, we just got back from a little holiday trip. We're doing a, we're doing a holiday giveaway, so to speak, that we're going to talk about today. And I, I wanted to get a quick update. You've got, you know, zag.fish. Um, yes. you're on as a sponsor this year with Fairflies and everything you have going. Give us a little update because I think it's been a little while since our last, um, podcast we did. What, what's been going on? Basically, we're kind of in December last few months. What have you guys been up to or maybe the last year? Oh man, it's, it was a, it was a, a crazy year. You know, two years ago we moved out to Chattanooga, Tennessee, getting the company kind of reestablished and set up out here. But in the middle of COVID, I think, you know, we launched our conventional brand, uh, Pivot, uh, by turning on a new team in India, actually in Goa, India, and, um, you know, trying to travel in pandemic times and set these things up over video. Uh, it's been wild. Uh, but our biggest push, Wasatch Tools. I don't, we acquired Wasatch about four years ago and uh, taking it from a handmade in somebody's garage, literally, that's how Wasatch was made for 50 years, um, to... We bought about a half a million dollars worth of equipment and brought everything in house. And we're 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 changing the tool game from Chinese purchased tools to just really high end uh, stabilized wood and brass and gold. Um, 
Yeah. So it's just, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I mean, you know me, I geek out about materials. Uh, this year, it's it's really been geeking out about tools. Every angle, why do we use it? Do I need a whip finisher? What's it, does it really do something better? Um, so yeah, that's that's been our real focus. So we've, we've invested heavily and we're launching a, a brand new concept for a tying vice. That's right. That was the one thing I know. We t- so you can talk about that a little bit now. Is that uh, I can talk about it now? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Give us an update there because this, is, this has been uh, we, I've been thinking about this. Yeah, we're really excited. We actually showed it off a little bit at ICAST. Uh, you know, not really uh, fly oriented crowd, um, but we've we've got back orders uh, before we even launched it. It's it's I call it, I don't know if I'm allowed to use other trade names, but I, we call it the Bang & Olufsen version of a fly tying vice. Um, nothing for materials to catch on, no tools required to, to run it. Um, and it spins on perfect. It's so well balanced that uh, it'll spin for two and a half minutes on its own. So, you know, when you, you're thinking about tying up your streamers and spinning your thread to the back and tying up you know, larger flies, the, the ability to hold a shank has always required extra tooling or swapping out your jaws. Uh, we eliminated all of that. And um, the other thing we looked at is how many people over tension their vices because they just really don't know how to tension them. And you crank over that lever and you, you're actually putting a crease in the back of your hook. So you hook into your PB and the hook breaks and you're, break, you're blaming the hook company but uh, people over tension because they're looking for that hook to hold straight and they go too tight. Well, we, we think we found the balance in that. So you don't have to over tension on your hook, but it holds it perfectly straight for you. So, you know, 28 years of commercial tying, uh, I think I finally got the vice I wanted. So basically, yeah. So, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about the, the tools, which is a huge thing you guys have going, but now this vice is, is the, I mean, this is the next big thing, right? You guys have going, when is the, uh, can you talk about, is it, uh, do you have a plan for a launch date when this is going to be out there and all that? We're uh, starting pre-sales for it in January and our full production runs should be done by the end of February and shipping in March. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. That's right around the corner. And yeah, and, and it obviously like the brushes and everything you guys have going, it works well, but is this. Who is this vice for? If you talk, is this for kind of every fly tire or specific types of fly? Well, fly tires? you know, we we designed this thing uh, so that the jaws can go from twenty from a size twenty two to a seven knot um, in the same set of jaws uh, on axis again. So if if you've never tried spinning like spin tying, like I you know Norm Norlander on the Norvice, you know, really taught me some tricks that changed the game in in my technique, right? And um, the, the, the idea of being able to spin dubbing onto your thread and then taper up a body by rotating the head instead of your thread uh, changes everything. So to, to me, it's, it's dry flies, but if, if you're tying big streamers, this thing will take your game from 15 minutes, 20 minutes of fly down to about two to five minutes of fly. Um, especially if you're using our brushes um, and our new fly fur brushes where it's just got the fur in it. So no mylar or flash or whatever. You just want to put on a nice veil or a collar or, you know, um, that's, that's been, that's been really cool. So yeah, that ability to, to have a nice heavy head that spins itself just about, it's like, it's like going from hand sewing to a sewing machine. Yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. 
So it's similar. You you mentioned the Norvice, so it's similar to that. But what is the the big difference between say if somebody's who's familiar with that? It's balance. So so when you hit the handle and and you know listen that the, there's a lot of great vices uh, out on the market. I I'm you know we just wanted to take a different swing at it. Um, the Norvice is great if all you do is rotate your your hook. If that's all you want to do with it, that's great. But when you really want to spin it those jaws aren't on axis, they're not in the middle. So you get this hard wobble that happens. And while you might be able to get the shank straight so that it spins on axis, um, the problem is when it's out of balance like that, it actually throws loops in your thread uh, because of that vibration, which the end result is, and a lot of people will not think about this, the end result is I've got a loose fly, which then can turn more easily on the hook um, if I'm trying to keep something aligned um, you know, but that's, that, that, that's only affected when you're trying to go fast. Right. And, and my focus is on commercial tires, but you know, uh, when you've got that quality of a tool at home and you need to dock, knock out a dozen flies for tomorrow's trip, um, that's just going to make it a ton easier. And, and honestly, I just think it's a little prettier to look at, but like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the Norvice. I've, I've learned a lot on that. It changed my techniques, my styles. Huge fan. I've been tying on Regals, golly, for over 20 years, I think. Um, I, I love it. And they hold hooks and they do a good job. But you can't spin them. They're just not balanced. You know, the handle flings out and the, that balance weight that's there is good. But you've only got now weight on two sides instead of all four. Ours is made completely in the round. So there's nothing to go out of balance. There's no levers or handles or anything to spin out on it. And uh, I don't know. I we've we've had a few people tying on our our you know um, demo stuff, and everybody's just come back with like just their heads popping. Like I didn't think a vice could do this. That's sweet. So and, and you're going to be using this for and I guess for your team, right? You have people with the materials, but do you have uh, as far as you folks using this vice as part of your team? Are you having plans to do some other stuff? We've got 75 tires now that um, are, are going to be using this tool. So our level of feedback at a commercial level and our ability to respond to that's, you know, pretty intense. Um, I don't know that there's another fly tying or jig tying company um, that uh, is making a vice. And, and yet, you know, when you're commercially tying, you know everything you need to know uh, about that. So um, I, I think it's pretty cool. So are you guys tying, so you're tying flies. Talk about that with your fly tying. Um, are, are they actually tying, are you selling flies? What's, what's that look like? Yeah, we're, we're, we're back to tying flies. We, um, we, we teamed up and pulled together a, a new team um, that was easier to get through customs and shipping and back and forth. The, the cost of doing that was just getting crazy. And so we're back to being able to do things with natural products um, that like, you know, try, try shipping a cow tail into a Hindu country. Mm. <laughs> it, it, Not easy. It doesn't, do, doesn't quite work. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're tying with what? A holy animal? What? Right. Um, so, uh, you know, we've, we, we finally kind of found something that was a better fit that way for us. And, you know, leveraging more of our materials into finished goods. Uh, we've been really passionate about just really designing materials uh, that were environmentally friendly, you know, non-toxic processes for our staff. 
but I think that now working those into finished goods, like I said, we launched Pivot this year. It's our conventional brand. And we're bringing all of these materials that we designed for fly tires into jigs and spinners. Um, so, yeah, and, and having the right tools to do the job and and be the most efficient I can, but also something I enjoy, something I like to look at. Uh, we think that's important. Yeah, you know? that's that's cool. You guys have a lot going on here. Does it feel like where you're at? Do you always feel kind of uh, overwhelmed with everything? It sounds like you have a lot of new stuff or, or do you feel more like you're on top of it? That's <laughs> uh, never enough for me. <laughs> uh, you, you should ask the rest of my team that. I, I think they would probably say, yeah, we're a little overwhelmed. It's keeping right. up with Jeff. Um, but we, we just have so much fun with what, you know, when you, when you get to work, like we get to design tools for fly time. Like that's better than working for Disneyland. Like, you know, it's, it should be that the funnest cool. job in the world. And the vice is another, I mean, that just seems like a, right. I mean, designing a vice, that seems like a pretty challenging thing to do actually, right. From my end of the yeah. spectrum, right. What did that, yeah. what did that process look like over? I mean, it's, it's been going a while. It's right? been five years, five years. And um, one of the things that kind of sparked in the middle of it for me, have you ever, have you ever had Jay Nicholas? On oh, oh yeah. All right. So, so Jay yeah. and I go way back. We're great friends. And I'll never forget, we sat up till two o'clock in the morning once in his cabin uh, out in Pacific City and actually Woods. But um, we, we talked about what are the six features necessary in a flight time vice till two in the morning. Hmm. Like we just geeked out how it holds the hook. What angle should it be able to go into? What shape should the jaws be? Like what should tooling look like and tensioning and like what would we do different if we could design our dream vice? And it, and it really kind of really sparked this. Like there's always something I'm dissatisfied in and, and partially because I'm perpetually dissatisfied, right? Like that's what I think makes me an innovator is I'm looking at things and I'm always asking, how could this be better? You know, I can't go to dinner and not pick up a salt shaker and, and think that somehow this could distribute salt better on my food. <laughs> um, and so it's, to me, just getting, getting, having the, the ability to say, well, if I was going to build a vice and I was going to have a set of tools, you know, what would I do? Well, the first thing we just did in, in our new V2 for Wasatch, we doubled the handle size in our tools. I'm not some, I'm not some small Asian woman. I have big hands. I shouldn't have to like hold it with my pinky out in order to hold the tool. Um, it should fit in my hand like my favorite pen. And, and that's literally what I did is I went and I grabbed my favorite pen. I'm kind of a pen geek too. Oh, yeah. Uh, too. Off well, the no, desk. No. And I'm like, how does this fit in my hand? And how does this feel? And why do I like it? And man, wouldn't I have more control over my tool if I had, you know, more fingers on it? And so we did. We, we doubled both diameter and length uh, in the tools. So we now have, you know, what I would say American-sized hand tools instead of always doing these, you know, Asian sized tools. And it's, we just have different size anatomy, but why, why did we keep it so small? And we think we need small tools because we're working on small things, but that's not really true. Right. Right. So you changed your, so basically your tools, you don't have the small kind of tools anymore. Yeah. We're, we're getting rid of that, that the version one tools, when they're sold out, they're done. We have moved to uh, a full-sized tool handle that just feels good in the hand. Like, you know, and I, I, I grabbed a cross pen, one of, my, one of my favorite pens, like I said, and just how does this feel in my hand and how does it balance? And 
if, if I can do the detail of fine writing with something, I, I can do the detail of working on a small fly. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then uh, the other cool thing, I'm really, oh, this is just so much fun. So um, imagine this, you got a whip finisher and typically the wire of that whip finisher goes all the way through the handle and it has some nub on the backside, right? So that it can spin as you go around. Well, we've got these micro bearings that we work with in some of our stuff. And I tried put making a whip finisher where I put a micro bearing at the front of the handle and the whip finisher spins with the bearing. So literally I can put my thumb on it, hold my whip finisher out to the end of my fly and just, I spin the whip finisher rather than taking it around my vise. Oh, right. So you don't have to wrap it. You don't have to rotate at all. So that, that takes any chance of, of getting a twist in your thread out. It, it just, and it's quick. Like you just go dink with your thumb boom. and boom, there's, there's four turns and, and you're, you're done. So it's, it's stuff like that. It's like getting to look at it and say like, we've got the resources. We've, we've got the team to pull it off. Like what, what would we do if we could? And uh, man, it's just fun. It's just a lot of fun. Love that. That's the, so, and that's something I definitely want to check out. You got some tools. I'm going to have to, uh, we'll get you, we'll get you, we'll get you set sent over. You got to, <laughs> you got to try them. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned about the oversize because I, I you know, obviously use pins all the time. And it's funny because the on-point, you, know, you probably remember them from back in Portland, Community Credit Union. They have those yeah. giant pins, right? They always had their big. And I love the giant pin for some reason. I'm like, it's just different, but it fits good, right? And it that's does. kind of the, the same thing here with your stuff. Totally. Well, and, and the other spark to that was I'm like, hey, we've got all this stabilized wood and we're doing pins. And, you know, like, why do we go so skinny? Like, I feel like my thumb cramps up after like, what if I just increase this diameter here or put a lump in there and, you know, how, how ergonomic can I make this pen? Uh, and then taking that back out to our tools. And, uh, it's been, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for people to get their hands on them. Yeah. I'm excited too. This is, this is going to be, well, you mentioned one thing too. I wanted to, I wanted to talk in a little bit, just briefly get into some tips on tying faster flies, because I know John yeah. Grosta, who was on recently talked about how much he loves same thing, cutting off time on his flies. He does the tarpon stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, but talk about, again, remind us again on the environmental friendly, because this is a key piece. We've got a lot of sponsors that, you know, and there's, there's the Costas and the Patagonias, everybody out there doing great stuff. And you're doing some great stuff. So talk about how your materials are more environmentally friendly. than that. Ah, us yeah. That. Well, you know, um, so w first thing is, is everybody thinks that natural products, feathers and furs are somehow more environmentally friendly. It, it would be a safe assumption, except when you start to realize the processes that we have to run those things through, like your hackles, we soak them in white gas to take all the fats out of the skin. And then they have to often be bleached. And then we're using toxic dyes and battery acids to get those dyes to go into some of those materials. And then we're flushing those things down to our water treatment plants. And, you know, as we started diving in on flies saying, hey, how do we start to think differently about our materials in our flies? I mean, we're, you know me, we're so far down the rabbit hole on all these things um, that we dove into the sciences of it. And I've come to the conclusion, and uh, plenty could probably argue with me, but our synthetic materials are better for the environment than the natural materials when you buy, uh, you know, bucktails and, and feathers that have been dyed. Um, <laughs> our synthetics are better for the environment overall than that. It's, it's, you know, everybody wants to talk about, you know, uh, buying a Prius and how good that, how much better that is for the environment. Nobody wants to talk about what's going to happen to those batteries in 10 years. So we're kind of looking at the, the overall picture of things. Um, 
you know, biodegradables, like what does that really mean? Well, in most cases, when we say biodegradable around a plastic product and we say that, okay, well, this thing's going to break down in 30 years. All that means is that's going to become microplastics faster. Is that really better when we're talking, when we're realizing the problem with microplastics, those things that we try to make like sound all organic and better for our environment actually break down to the worst part of our environment faster. And so, um, you know, we think things that last and things that are recycled are, are a better, better approaches uh, for it. This is the, the conclusion we've come to. So our mylars and acetates, that's the, the plastic reflective materials we tie with, um, nylons, um, instead of using uh, battery acid. So let's let's just talk about like flash. You, you buy some flash, right? Yeah, the flash, like and flash shabu or any of that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's got this beautiful sheen to it. It's got this deep, rich color to it. Well, here's how that happens. The, the clear or reflective mylars come uh, as virgin plastic in most cases. That comes uh, to a facility where it is dipped into big tanks of water that are heated with flame. So you get varying degrees of breaking that plastic down for the parts that are on the bottom versus the top, right? Heat is obviously it's very thin stuff. It's very heat sensitive. So, so first we're starting to break down that material already. Secondly, we add in battery acid to that water to open up the pores of the plastic. Wow. Okay. And then we tore it, we pour in toxic dyes and then dip it in fresh water to close those pores back up and trap the dyes into those materials. Okay, that's Jeez. that's the that's the industry standard. You look across the fly tying wall, that's 90% of that wall. That's what that's gone through. Okay. Wow. So we don't we, you know, just these things like you don't know what you don't know about it until you start diving in, like how does this happen? And you show up on location and you watch people do this, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. All of that's going down the drain to the water treatment plant. How does the water treatment plant deal with that? Well, some of the stuff they don't. They don't. That ends up back in our drinking water. Um uh, our rivers, our lakes. Uh, so we, we kind of backed up the bus. We found a supply, uh, for uh, 90% recycled mylars and acetates. So, uh, my, mylars have the reflective acetates are usually translucent. Um, and, and then we said, well, okay, is battery acid the only option? And everybody, you know, in the dye industry said, no, 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 you have to use these dyes and you have to use battery acid. And I'm like, okay, but what if I play with the variables? So we found a better way to manage the temperature more evenly in a tank of temperature control. By affecting temperature control, I can manage how my materials respond to it. But more importantly, I can manage time. If I hold it and I don't go past a certain temperature, think of a sous vide steak, right? Like mm -hmm. I can't overcook it because I can set the temperature that is that max temperature, that perfect temperature. Well, we look at our materials the same way. Um, and then we found an EPA certified non-toxic dye. And I said, you know, can, will this work on plastics? And they're like, no, won't work on plastics. I'm like, well, send it to me anyways. I just, I have to try. Um, so we have replaced battery acid with citric acid. We've been able to play with time and temperature. Uh, so we've got a 90% recycled product for, for starters. We have completely EPA certified non-toxic dye process that is more color fast and more rich because I'm able to hold that temperature and that, that impact for longer. And uh, citric acid is an, is an amazing molecule. <laughs> um, the, the things that it can do, and now, now we're all natural in that. Like it, it, it makes a better product and it's more environmentally friendly. 
And that's the kind of stuff we're doing. So that's what's in our brushes. That's what's in our finished flies is, uh -huh. is really rethinking those materials for ourselves and, um, and controlling that. Wow. And yeah, and yeah, and leading on this, right? That's one of those things where, you know, you'll probably down the line, I'm sure if, if right, there's going to be other people that will be, how do you look at that when you see people, you know, I guess you've got the tech that you're working on there, but if you saw everybody change in the industry into more of your, your style. Oh, it'd be great. Be a, yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. That's, you know, um, we certainly hold some things proprietary and, and some things that we think get a better product out. But at the end of the day, I would like to see everybody stop flushing that stuff down our waterways. Exactly. Well, that's cool. No, I mean, that's, it's more than cool. That is such a great thing you guys are working on. That's why I love, you know, kind of having you guys on this year and stuff, because I mean, for us, it's all about, you know, that's such a big part. Everything we do, we're always trying to think, okay, how do we connect with the, you know, the companies like yourself that are doing the good stuff. So and we're terrible at telling our story. And this is why this kind of, this kind of helps us like, like, you know, we don't talk about these kinds of details, um, very often, Exactly. Uh, but we're really passionate. I mean, it's like what fuels us in the back end is like, what new materials can we use? How do we go all bio? How, you know, what, you know, we've eliminated lead our pivot, our pivot line that keep talking about the conventional side of what we do is we've eliminated lead in fishing lures. We've, we came up with a process that uses bismuth and, a high density plastic to, to keep lead out of our waterways. Um, and yeah. so we're innovating by asking good questions, right? Like that's mm -hmm. how all innovation starts is ask a good question. Nice. Yeah. And we'll keep, and we'll follow up on another episode uh, on more of this. Cause I want to do, you know, we could probably just have a whole episode on, you know, the environmental piece, right? Everything you guys are doing and what, you know, you'll be doing in the future, but I want to just touch briefly on the, f the speed, maybe a couple of tips here on somebody tying. Cause I know John talked about this. A lot of people talk about not only the, you know, the brushes, but the fly fur, the durability, you know, what are, if somebody's, and I guess you could throw in your vice too now, yeah. uh, but if somebody has some of your materials, some of your brushes, talk about how, you know, how do people tie, you know, some tips on tying a quicker fly? Is it literally just getting the right tools? Uh, no, well, it's like anything else, right? Um, uh, a skilled carpenter can do a lot with a chisel. The, the, I think that the thing um, that I spend the most time on teaching when I teach is getting good muscle memory before you start thinking about tying flies. It's like, if you wanna learn how to cast well, don't go out and try to cast over trout. Like you're focused on trying to catch a trout, you're not focused on your cast. If you wanna be a better caster, get off, get off the river and go practice. Um, and, and so the first thing that I do, like when we're training new tires, we spend the first two or three days just wrapping thread on a shank. That's it. That's all they get to do for the, and it sounds boring as heck, but I tell you what, by the end of those three days, they can wrap from the front to the back of a shank. I can put on my glasses and not see the shank through those wraps, not one overlap, they're tight, they're all the way back and they're fast. So they get, they've got to be able to do it in three seconds and get all the way back. Those little drills, those little, those little things that like, if I literally want to be a faster tire, if you were to stop and practice the muscle memory of each of those pieces, that's actually more important than the tool. Um, if I stop to think about the turns that I put into my thread, if I stop to think about the tension, uh, that I put in there, I, you know, a few years ago, I think I told you I ran an experiment of flies with glue and flies without glue. So 
um, when, you know, when you talk about speed, you know, you got to get good first and then you can mm-hmm. get fast. Yeah. And uh, to me, it's muscle memory. I mean, uh, commercial tires tie 10 dozen a day. That's 120 flies a day that they can tie a size 18 L care catasis. Repetition. It's repetition. It's repetition. They get fast because they're doing that same fly. But if you really want to know, practice your techniques, practice tails and just do an evening of tying in tails and just cutting it back out, tying a tail and cut it back. You'll find that, that all of a sudden that muscle memory starts to kick in. That's right. We'll talk about this too, because the, maybe uh, with the brushes, let's talk about yeah. that. Let's say if somebody yeah, sits down here, things up. Yeah. So if you had a brush right now, let's say somebody grabs some of your brushes and they're going to tie, let's just do a steelhead fly. We just got off of the steelhead alley trip. So yeah. how would, how would that person describe how they would use your fly fur to tie this fly? Like a steelhead fly, your favorite one. Totally. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, my steelhead magnet fly is literally just one turn of a brush. Um, you know, we, we, we put in, you know, these fancy tails and we want to do intruders with, you know, uh, wrapped bodies. And then we come up and we, you know, we do a, a wing and a thorax and, and some fancy head fish doesn't see all of that. Like if you, if you really just want to go catch fish, like this isn't going in bins or, or into glass boxes, this is just going to go catch fish. Like take one turn of our brushes. And that's, that's, I mean, this is important too. People uh, tend to think that more material is kind of like ibuprofen, right? More ibuprofen is more better. Um, you know, more material is going to catch more fish. It's not really true, really more sparse. Um, and it's tough to force us. Uh, it's tough to convince people of that. But uh, the idea is every one of our brushes is already, every material is, is weighed to the thousandth of an ounce before it goes into a brush. These are handmade. These are not machine-made brushes. So our controls, you know, the, the other thing is the quality of length. So that amount of material has to fit in exactly 12 inches. It's a quarter inch over, a quarter inch under, or it fails. So, so the idea behind the brush is the exact right proportion in one turn. And, one, and by one turn, you mean you're literally, you got thread on there, Describe how, how you get one turn. Yeah, you just, you tie it in, you tie it in, you pick it up just like you would, uh, a, you know, a, a hack hole. You palmer it back, you pull those materials back, you go one turn all the way around and back down, and you tie that off, and it is the precision right amount of materials uh, for that fly. And can you dress it all day long? Get as fancy as you want. Grab some fly fur and tie in a chunk for a tail and then take a turn of a brush. Um, and then, you know, what we do is I like to use the under fur that I pull out and we don't have a lot of under fur in our fly fur, but that little bit, it's really fine and soft. And so what I'll do is I'll create a dubbing loop. I'll put that fly fur back in that I use for my tail, take that, that under fur, stick that in a dubbing loop, spin it up. There's my collar, tie it off. I'm done. Um, you know, and I'm catching fish, <laughs> like a lot of fish easy. And it didn't take me 45 minutes to fly to go out and lose it my first cast in a tree because that's usually where my first cast goes. Yeah. <laughs> we had a few of those this week too. We, <laughs> sure. we, uh, we had a pretty cool uh, event, the Steelhead School, which was awesome. We're going to be doing this again this year. And um, yeah, I mean, we had a number of different flies, all sorts of like steelhead fishing, right? All sorts of different colors. But, you know, one fly that worked really well was, you know, like just 
basically a pink, kind of a pink brushy, you know, like it'd be like a fly fur, right? Kind of the, yeah. on the head. And then to be just the brush, right? Just kind of, a, you know, either kind of intruder style or maybe one station, really simple. And you're right, sparse. So what would that fly talk about? Like if I want to go right now to your website, grab the actual materials to tie that fly, which is, you know, kind of maybe the one you mentioned or something really simple. What would that be? Is it, could we just go there oh, right man. now and grab that? Yeah, you can just go there right now and grab it. Um, uh, you know, for what you just described, I, I would grab some of our purple fly fur for a tail. I would put the steely shrimp pink brush in front of that. And uh, I would use that purple under fur as my collar to finish it. That's it. Done. That's it. So in the fly fur... We had another guest, and again, we're starting to get some of the, you know, I'm trying to think now. I'll put, we'll put links to all the guests we've had on that have talked a little bit about uh, in the show notes about the, the fly fur. But that's one of the things they, they mentioned on, I know that one of those episodes was the durability. So that's yeah. something you guys, right? So you put this on there, it's not going to be kind of getting, uh, you, how this fly is going to last for a while. Well, the idea was to replace marabou, right? Marabou's inconsistent. Um, I wanted something that, that gave more movement than buck. Uh, tailwood and kind of had that movement like marabou in the water so that I could move that to a synthetic. So that fiber, our fly fur, again, that's that's proprietary. We didn't just go buy a bunch of craft fur off of some, you know, stuffed teddy bear. It, like literally went in and said, the fiber needs to be this long. I want the follicle to have this diameter. I want this texture on it. And it needs to be able to hold Pantone colors to this, you know, to spec. And, um, and toxic dye processes, even in, in how we do that. And um, that fly fur, that's, that's the stuff that, that sells the most for us, actually, is it doesn't matter where in the world you tie. I mean, it's, we sell that into Australia and the EU and the UK. Um, obviously, the Canadians love it. Uh, it's just different than, than your standard craft fur because it was designed for how it works in the water. Gotcha. So when you tie this with your flies, with the like you're describing the fly fur, the brushes, can you make... You know, again, the intruder is a very right popular style where it's really sparse, but has a big profile. Does your stuff, could you make an intruder type that type of fly, that type of movement? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's always funny when we say intruder type, like, what does that mean? Well, it means I've got a, a shorter fiber tail with a bump behind it that flares it out, right? Well, if I, if I put a little bit of fly fur in a dubbing loop and I take that around like the brush and palmer it back, that will cause my material to flare out without having to put the proverbial bump behind it. I'm going to get that teardrop shape when it gets wet, uh, which is really what we're looking for, right? Like yep. everything those predators, those predators, that's right. Everything those predatory fish eat is in the shape of a teardrop. If you think about it, squid, shrimp, bait fish. So it's getting that flare in the front and, and getting it to go back. So it's technique. How I work with the material is as important as the material itself. And then the tools just make that technique easier. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, this is great. And I think the, we should send them. I mean, if, if people wanted to watch this, you know, maybe some videos, where would you send people to see some of this happening? We did, I did some stuff for Angler's Trading Post. Uh, I think I did a fly a few years, about four years ago called the Steelhead Magnet. And um, there's things I've changed since then. And, and what I've done, we're going to be doing some more stuff. And I guess something I can announce here too is, um, we're going to, we're going to start a fly tying masterclass and I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to dive. This is not for the person that just wants to learn how to tie a, a caddis. This is for the person that wants to get to the point where they could design their own flies at some point. Um, all the way from here's tools. How do I think about tools? Let's do a deep dive on thread 
And a lot of the information's out there in bits and pieces, but you can't find this tip to tail uh, piece of content that li literally it's, it's the curriculum. I take my commercial tires through when I train them for, for everybody to try. Yeah. Be, be watching for that. We'll certainly be sending you the link. We we're beginning filming on that and it's going to be deep dives and geeking out on like the same thing that the conversation on the vice, like, what is it that I love and hate about this vice and that vice? Um, and not just our own stuff, because like I said, I mean, in our industry, we've got some cool products and some things that people have bought through for specific things. We appreciate good engineering. This is going to be great. You got some good stuff coming. That was going to be one of my questions, just looking ahead into the next year. I And you mentioned the steelhead uh, magnet fly. Was that the? Yeah. 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 So I just I just popped it up and Googled it. So guess who pops up? Steelhead magnet fly tying video, Jay Nicholas uh, from the cast <laughs> fly shot. <laughs> so, Figures. Uh, yeah, so that he stole that. it. He stole it from me. <laughs> I'll throw that in the uh, in the show notes. Jay also he was I think he was episode number three. Literally, like when we first started, he yeah, it was pretty oh, pretty man. cool. What a, what an amazing person. Yeah, that guy. I'll tell you what. Talking about Steelhead, that guy. I fished with him once, and uh, we were on the Deschutes. And I mean, I'm not kidding you. The entire trip, everybody else you know takes little breaks. Jay, I don't think he took barely a break to eat the entire trip. He was fishing the whole trip. No, he doesn't eat. He, he, he grabs a, <laughs> you know, a tuna fish sandwich in the morning and goes all day. He's, but that guy will throw down twice as many casts as me. And, and I think he's got 30 years on me. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, right. he's just, he's an animal. We, I, we used to, yeah, we used to fish the Nestucca a lot together. And, oh, and nice. I, uh, that's the, probably one of the greatest things I miss having left the Northwest is, is time with Jay. Yeah, times exactly. See, it's cool. You, it's cool you say that because you're in a you're in an area that sounds really cool as well, right? So it's a whole you, new you game. Miss more of the people, right? That yeah, it's a new game yeah. and, and good people. Game. Great people. I I mean, we love it here, and the you know this community has embraced us. Um, it's but it's it's kind of fun after 30 years as salmon trout and steelhead guide to all of a sudden geek out over redfish and bass, um, and it's relearning. I'm I'm relearning everything. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah. There's such a cool time, you know, with this, the way fly fishing is, we talk a lot about this, but there's just so many species and they're everywhere and people are trying new things. And I think that's, what's cool about you guys, right? You're trying new stuff too. So there's lots of, you know, all your tools and the way you're mixing it up, I think is going to be fit well with all these new tires that are coming into these new fly anglers, right? It's not yeah. just the old white guy anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, some of the, some of the greats have taught us techniques, um, I think that it's been a while since we've revisited the techniques of tying, of tying flies and rethinking how we do it. Like I think Flyman Fish Company did a great job when they came out with the fish skulls. Like that was a different way of weighting uh, flies and, and thinking about it. That was that brought new techniques uh, to the table. Um, we want to we want to be part of that, too. And uh, I think we're doing some cool stuff. Good. Well, I think, you know, that we just, uh, you know, touched the surface here. We're going to get you back on and do a little more of a deep dive, but we wanted to highlight this giveaway we're doing. And so at wetflyswing.com slash giveaway, we're doing this, uh, this basically you're giving away, let's talk about that really quick. So you're giving away a hundred dollar gift certificate. And is that to just go on and buy any of this stuff we're talking about here? Any of these materials? Any of them. Yeah. I think that that that's good for anything on zag.fish, I think is how that went. Uh, to be honest with you, Chris has really been managing that. Uh, I mean, Chris Allen, he's he's our rock star. Chris is awesome. And we're going to have Chris on as we do this. Uh, and we, we'll talk more about there because we're going to do a live event 
coming up uh, next week. I'm going to get sit down with Chris. We're going to have some of the people who are who have entered already the giveaway, and then we're going to announce the winner live. So that winner um, oh, on that exciting. event will win. And then we're also we always tend to do some bonus stuff there. So we'll see how that goes. But we we'll also talk a little bit about the, you know everything you guys you know this this whole thing and moving ahead. So I'm excited about that. The other bonus here is that we're actually giving away a local trip. Which is nice. something pretty exciting. So we're going to. This is a pretty fun. Again, try to yeah. mix it up, right? So yeah, whoever wins, we're going to find out wherever they're from, and we are going to give away a guided trip to oh, that person. Sweet. That's and awesome. and they're going to get a thing with the podcast. We're going to have them come on the show and uh, be be a co-host on this podcast. So it, it's a pretty cool. It's not. Um, we call this the mini giveaway because we do these larger events for our Steelhead School, which we're going to be doing with you guys next year as well. But yeah, I love these little mini giveaways because it's just our chance to give a little more value, right, to everybody out there. Yeah, just keep it keep it engaged, keep it engaged, and keep the conversation going and try stuff. Um, that's great. That's exciting. Okay. All right, Jeff. Well, we'll send everybody out as always. Uh, Zag Fish, and that's still your hub, right? You've got all this going. So, if somebody wants to get fairflies or the tools, Zag Fish is the spot, they right? They do. They do. Yeah. So, um, little little change that we've made in this. We um, we're actually just kind of struck some bigger partnerships for uh, distribution and whatnot. So, uh, Zag Fish should be directing you to where you can buy it. AnglersTradingPost.com picked up a hundred percent of everything we carry everything we make and so um that that's going to be your easiest place here over the next uh, few weeks that that transition is taking place and uh getting everything up there you'll find some of your other favorite brands there as well uh we're really excited about what's happening there also is fairflies i can't remember now fairflies.com is that URL? URL yeah fairflies just kind of takes you to the landing page on on zag.fish uh you know, just kind of, we, we're trying to consolidate uh, some brands and, and pull some things together. And if you go to zag.fish, you'll see more uh, of what we're doing, you know, across the fishing industry. Um, we've got some some other exciting brands that uh, are launching this year, like Hall. I think we talked about that before. Uh, our, our new composites team that we've spun up. And um, yeah, we're just, like I said, having fun, having fun. You got some good stuff going in and you're, you're trying to, uh, basically, yeah, not just the fly angler, but you know, all anglers. And we had, uh, while we were out there in steelhead alley this week, there was lots of, you know, um, center pin, right. Guys oh, fishing yeah. out there. Right. So you got that and you had the guys just doing some, like the egg doing the conventional stuff. So, yeah. I mean, you know, we talked to those guys out there, we ran into him, we ran into one guy who, uh, you know, basically had been listening to the podcast, right. Just rambling on the river and. But so, yeah, I think it's more about awesome. the fishing. I think that's what you guys are looking at, right? It's more about just all fishing. It's it's about the whole community yeah. of fishing, uh, anglers, just people that want to get on the water, uh, the relationships that are built there. We we just don't think that it should be so segregated. We really, we really want to kind of tie it back together. So bringing fly materials into jigs and spinners, um, you know, like, hey, let's, let's bridge it because – you know, you may never try fly fishing and stick with, with the spinning, spinning reel and a jig. You're still going to catch a lot of fish and you're still going to get out there and experience. Are you going to catch more fish? <laughs> That's it depends the on the right? day, right? It depends on yeah. the day. I mean, like I, I used to fish every Monday, with a good friend of mine back there in Oregon. And we would, it was just the two of us every more, every Monday. And, um, he's, he's a bait chucker. Um, and you know, he called me the feather checker and he's the bait checker. And we're like grumpy old men in the boat, just ri- ribbing on each other. Some days 
him with bait or him with just drifting a jig under an indi- you know a, a, under a bobber uh, would crush it and I'd get a bite. Other days I'd be crushing it on the swing and he wouldn't get a bite. And he just you know it's the right tool for the day and the time. It's it's not just about one technique. It's about having multiple techniques in our bag when we go to the water for success. That's that's it. And yeah, and just highlight again, we were just come off such a high with this last trip, but Jeff Liskey was our, our guide. And, you know, I mean, there are places we went to and he knows that area better, you know, as well as anybody. And there right. are areas we were fishing, the water was off color and it was actually better for swinging than it was for nymphing like flies right. or anything, right? So there was a thing yeah. where, whoa, yeah, it's actually can be better. And that's what you're talking about. Change your technique. I just, I just went for a, a week in Port St. Joe. And um, we're redfish and sea trout was kind of our target, right? And it, oh, what a killer bay. Wow. The forgotten coast. Um, everybody else just forget I even said it. It's, it's the coolest spot ever. But like you got this entire bay that's like less than three feet deep. And um, it's just stuck full of everything you can imagine. I mean, it's like this huge estuary. We're catching, you know, barely inside of slot reds, uh, 26, 27 inch reds all day long we were limiting out the first two hours going out <clears throat> but it was it was tossing a jig behind a popping cork one of our jigs with a soft plastic on it behind a popping cork which kept it above the grass and you know the the fish were sitting down in the grass along the the, the open holes and ambushing them and it it was crushing I'm like okay this is this is more fun than i've had with a spinning reel in a long time it was it was a kick i'm like okay now let's try putting a fly behind it and they were crushing that, you know, were and they? it's like, okay, now I'm going to break out my, my rod and reel. Everybody in the boat has, you know, they got their fill. Now it's my turn to get up and play. And, and, you know, snook and trout and, and redfish in the middle of a bay, not along the edges where you would normally think to chase them um, because it's just this massive estuary, but, you know, playing with the different technique, like having it all in your back pocket. I learned new things. I'd never tossed a popping cork before. Yep. Our guide had yeah. to teach me like, okay, <laughs> you know, sweet. Let's learn it. That works. Nice, Jeff. Well, this is a, this is a lot of fun. I uh, definitely going to have to cut this one off and we'll, we'll rekindle this one on a, you know, a future uh, episode. We'll follow up on this, but uh, we'll send everybody out. Like we said, we've got a couple of links here and for the giveaway, um, I'll have a link in the show notes so everybody can enter that. That's kind of what we're focusing on this week. And um, yeah, I just want to thank you for, again, for spending some time here. And looking Thanks, forward Dave. to that next episode. And I uh, yeah, appreciate everything you're doing for the environment and, and everything out there in flight time. Hey, I appreciate it, man. It's always fun getting to come on and have a conversation with you. So keep it up. Keep up the good work. So there you go. Wetfyswing.com slash giveaway. The best chance. There'll be a link in the show notes for your chance to win this local trip. $100 gift certificate from Zag. A co-hosted opportunity on this podcast and some other goodies right now. We're going to be giving this away tomorrow night live and you can check that out just by entering wetflyswing.com slash giveaway this is your last chance today jump in and win i can tell you from the guided trip i had recently if you win this it's going to be a game changer if you haven't been on a guided trip um, in the past uh, i can tell you just from our experience we were out with jeff liskay and the crew this last week and it was pretty epic on what we had going and just taking everything up to the next level we were focusing on steelhead and spay and uh, even though i've steelhead fished for many years uh, the guide uh, in that experience was uh, pretty much a game changer so i'm hoping to do that for somebody out here who wins this i hope that's you 
I'm going to be rolling out here pretty quick and want to get on to the next thing and get prepped for this giveaway. I'm actually uh, going to be uh, firing this up here after I get off here and getting everything ready for tomorrow night. And I hope you have a chance to join us on this big giveaway. It's going to be a lot of fun and going to be great to surprise somebody. And actually, we always have a few bonuses. We always like to give away a few bonus products. So if you join that, I'm sure there's going to be some things on top of the big giveaway that we're going to be uh, shooting out somewhere to somebody. I'm going to leave it there. And I want to say good luck to you. And, uh, and I want to say that I hope right now you are having a good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, wherever you are in the world. And connect with me online or on the river I hope if you win this trip. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.